On this following podcast, I talk to Ariel, who is an amazing dear friend of mine. I've known her for about five years or so, and she's an amazing career coach, helping many people find their purpose in their career whilst making money doing it. On this podcast episode, we talk about love, career, money, spirituality, relationships, and just life in general. And I really hope that you enjoy our session together. So today I am here with Arielle, who is a dear friend of mine. And we, how many years is it? How many years have we known each other, Arielle? Uh, I want to say since 2018, maybe. So that's like five years, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, four, four or five years. And I remember that we met downstairs at the decoded offices. You were like sitting over there. I was sitting over there. I remember the first conversation we had was something about, I think it was something about salt baths or something like that. It's coming to me right now. Cause I don't know, you were talking about some sort of problems with sleeping. And I was like, oh, have you ever tried salt baths? I think like that was- Yes, that's was, true. You told me to do get Epsom salt. I told you to get Epsom salt. For some reason yeah. that's like coming to me now. And then ever since then we just clicked and we sort of stayed in each other's periphery, sort of coming in and out of our lives. And you know, when I did my previous podcast, you were, uh, recurring guests because we both have a you know a serious interest in like well-being and spiritual well-being and we'll get into all of that um but yeah Ariel like what do you do now introduce yourself like what are you all about yeah side note on the salt baths because I just wanted to say one thing is I, I didn't realize how lucky I was living in London that almost every house has a bathtub mm. And now living in Barcelona, it's super rare to find one. So I just, side note, I wanted to say, you, know, you people in London are lucky. Yeah, <laughs> um, I have a boss. Yeah, I do too. I found one. I was very adamant about it. Um, yeah, so I am a life coach specifically focusing on career and money. So that doesn't mean that I don't coach on other things too. Some people want to find their life partners and move across the world, work on, you know, like we're going to talk about today, some of their spiritual growth as well um, and personal growth as a whole. But what I typically market myself as is a career coach. And that is all encompassing, you know, whether you feel that you want to start a business or whether you want to find a new job somewhere at a better company where you feel more fulfilled, more work-life balance, happier, more respected, all the rest of it, and also make more money. And if you don't know what you want, but you want to figure that out, that's what I help people with as well. So verging on kind of life purpose stuff as well. So I don't just say, okay, you know, here's what your CV or resume has said. So here's what you should do for your next job. It's really, who are you? Why are you here? What do you really want to do? What really turns you on? What really lights you up? What is the impact that you want to have on this earth? And how can we make that happen for you? How can we get rid of all of these blocks that are here because of the limiting beliefs, conditioning, your parents, your karma, your trauma, right? So really working through all of those so that you can have what you really want in this lifetime and um, 
a big topic on that is money. So I do a lot about uh, healing our relationship with money and releasing and clearing a lot of these blocks that so many of us have that keep us from living prosperous, prosperous lives doing what we really want to do. Mm, beautiful. And you, you posted, um, you had a newsletter that came out, was it yesterday or the day before, which I thought was really interesting and in so many ways kind of has a bit of like a spiritual essence to it because you were talking about like how many people are being laid off and like how that's temporary and like things change and all of these sort of things comes and goes so there's always jobs and I thought there was something about that message which I which I which I very much agree with right I, I agree with that message so so much and I suppose what was your where does that come from for how are you how have you cultivated that belief of like impermanence basically because that's basically what that message sort of on a sort of deeper level perhaps is all about like it's about impermanence right so where does your sense of impermanence comes from come from well that first started out as you can tell from my accent I grew up in the United States and before I really ventured onto personal growth and spiritual growth I already knew about the pendulum being able to swing from one extreme to the next because of U.S. politics. Like, we would see it in every mm. election, right? So if the Republicans won the last time, then the Democrats are going to win the next time. And and it was, like, from one extreme to the next each time, and we had this duality of two, two parties, really. So I always kind of had this mentality of, like, okay, well, if it swings one way, it's going to swing the next way next time, and that's just how it is. And then you know, seeing this world and how, you know, politically and socially, a lot of the discussions that people have been having, at least in the Western world, and the debates and, and division that people have been experiencing, I can really see this pendulum again, this swinging from one way to the next and um, cause and effect, right? But also, when we go deeper into it, and throughout my personal growth journey, I have learned to become more of an observer of my own mind. And when I observe my own mind, I tend to see that things are very temporary and things are kind of ridiculous sometimes. And just, you know, from one moment to the next, and then I do a meditation, everything's fine. When an hour ago, it's like my whole life was crumbling, right? So it's like, when you can cultivate this sort of a observance and awareness of your own mind and see how temporary your thoughts and feelings are and how like the weather they are sometimes you start to become an observer of everything around you as well and kind of adopt this kind of bird's eye view of everything and see oh okay this is how humans act mm. that's, that's cute that's funny we're gonna be okay <laughs> we are we are most certainly um going to be okay you mentioned meditation there what kind of meditation practice do you do so i used to not be able to meditate like at all if i could just meditate for five to ten minutes i considered that a victory and i was definitely one of those people that you know that saying if you can't meditate 10 minutes you need to meditate an hour um so that was me and I started working with a coach um, who is also quite spiritual, and she assigned two hours a day of meditation for me that I needed to do. 
So I started meditating for two hours a day and my life just completely changed. I mean, that was the best thing that I could have ever done for myself. Um, I don't meditate for two hours a day anymore, but I do try to do at least 30 minutes every day. And I need guided meditations. You do guided meditation. You need guided meditations. I, mm. Otherwise, I fall asleep or I, get, I, haven't, I haven't reached that level of being able to just meditate without anything to listen to yet. But mm. hopefully one day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, meditation is, you know, I always say to people, meditation is the hardest thing that I do. Um, but I also think that it's like, I think what a lot of people get wrong or sort of get this sort of skewed about it's like it's called a meditation practice because you have to practice to get better at it it's a bit like you know I know you're like you're fluent in Spanish right it's like if I was I I I know like five words in Spanish I would have to practice for a few years rigorously until I became fluent right and it's a, it's the same thing with meditation is that you you have to practice rigorously for a few years until you actually become good at it. And I think there's some sort of like misnomer that people think that you're going to be excellent at the meditation the first time you sit down and focus on your breath and maybe try to start visualizing something. It's like, no. It's like, is there anything else in your life where you thought you could just show up and be good at it? It's like, we, we even have to become good at like, because we're not necessarily taught this in school, we have to get better at emotional intelligence as well, right? It's something we have to, we have to learn how to do it. It's, it's just not there innately, um, innately within us. So, you know, I've known you for many years and uh, you, I've observed your journey from when you even started out going, I can even remember the first time you, uh, it was actually, I think I was coming to your flat and I was doing a guided meditation with you and you just told me, that you were going to start this coaching course, you're really excited, and and so on and so forth. Aww. Yeah, 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 in your flat, and uh, I'm just trying to like, what would you say are some of your biggest life learnings since then? Especially like any spiritual life learnings since then? Oh my god, all of them. <laughs> so many. Uh, okay, so I think back to I think that was really the start of me having more awareness just as a whole you know um and that started from doing this coaching program and I remember doing the first exercises they had us do before we even went to any of the intensive weekends where we had to learn how to actually coach before we were even learning how to coach we had to answer these questions about ourselves and they were so deep that I Finally, I had this feeling that was like, yes, this is what I'm meant to be doing. This is it. I feel so alive right now just answering these questions. <laughs> and I knew that this was the path that I needed to go on. So since when I was little, I wanted to be an opera singer and I became an opera singer. But that was the only time I think in my life that I remembered where I felt that kind of passion ignited within me and I actually followed it and so many people do not do that which is why I do what I do because I want people to know what that feels like because there's a reason for that but I digress so I was following that and did my coaching 
course and had so many realizations where, first of all, I moved out of London. I left London. I went back to Texas. My mom was having some health issues, so I went to go and meet with her and just kind of regroup and think about what I wanted to do with my life. Then COVID happened, and I was stuck in Texas. <laughs> so that was really the start in my coaching journey where I started thinking, okay, but the coach mentality about this would be, why is this happening for me instead of why is this happening to me about COVID and being let go from my job and this and that and the other. So I started adopting that kind of mindset. This is happening for me. Everything's a gift. And things started to really change at that point. And also following this, this ignited passion within me, seeing where these things could go when there was something that lit me up. Um, so the first part of my journey in that sense was really creating a career where I felt passionate about what I did and like I was doing what I love every day so that I didn't feel like I had to work anymore, which is amazing, <laughs> and create the flexibility and freedom that I had always wanted and, um, you know, no glass ceilings, no limits to how much I could make or what I could do. Uh, so really freedom in so many ways and also the freedom to be authentic and the freedom to evolve. And so I get bored really easily doing one thing. So coaching allows me to use any new tool I learn immediately. I can put it into practice to help someone, which is amazing. Um, so I really was able to create the career that I have always wanted and when I saw that that was possible and I could just believe that something was possible and then create it, that was a huge turning point for me because up to that point, I had had really unhealthy relationships as well with men. And um, then I thought, okay, if I can do this in my career, if I can create the career I want, then I can create the relationship I want, right? So I started on that journey. So there were so many things that changed for me. So many things toward the career, the relationship part of it. Um, I, I traveled around. I was digital nomading when the world started opening up. And before that as well, um, I had had, when I was a teenager, I had, had PCOS, which is a hormonal imbalance. And doctors will say there's no cure. Um, many doctors told me there was no cure. They put me on the birth control pill which stops ovulation, which is a normal function of the female body that it needs to do for optimum health. Um, so that's a whole other podcast that I'm not going to go into. But basically, I also was able to form this connection with my body because I had better awareness and I was no longer fighting against my body and thinking that I needed to control it. And I actually allowed it to give me messages and listen to the messages and I was able to heal this imbalance myself. So lots of, lots of changes. <laughs> what was that process like of reconnecting with your body? Like, what was that like? Um, hmm. I think 
what first started it was learning about feminine and masculine polarity, which was like a hot topic a few years ago and in the spiritual space and the coaching space and yada yada. And because our society in the West for the past 4,000 years has been pretty much patriarchal, this inner wisdom that the feminine, I mean, feminine qualities have kind of been repressed a lot and demonized. And I mean, intuition was like, oh, wow, that's not a real thing, right? All of these things that are, that are parts of us and parts of our feminine nature that we all have within us were repressed. So learning about feminine energy was really eye-opening for me. And part of that is actually being in flow and listening to your body and not having such a rigid schedule with everything and not always needing to control everything. So that was a big game changer for me as a woman because since I was a little girl, you know, we're taught you have to be a certain size to be worthy. You have to look a certain way to be worthy of love and worthy of anything, to be honest. Worthy of even being seen. Um, worthy of eating, right? Of even nourishing yourself. So that was eye-opening to really allow my body to just be loved by me the way that it was and to be listened to and respected. And then I started, little by little, I started to identify, oh, when I eat this, I feel kind of crap. When I eat this, I feel amazing. When I, when my body tells me this, it means I'm full. When my body tells me this, it means I'm hungry. I mean, basic stuff that I think children should be learning, but they're, they're not a lot of times. I've seen people at restaurants tell their kids they're not allowed to have dessert unless they finish their giant plate, right? which I think is horrendous because it teaches kids to not listen to their bodies. But anyway, again, I could do a whole podcast on that too. <laughs> but it was really just building this connection with my body again that I guess hadn't been there since I had been really little. Because you never see a one-year-old child finish their whole plate if they don't want to. They push the food away. Mm. They're very in connection with their bodies. So that's what I had to rebuild again. And when I did that, I could actually listen to and feel when I was ovulating. I could feel the different shifts in my cycle. And there are four different phases in the, in the menstrual cycle. And each one produces different hormones in the body. So the female brain will actually change 25 to 30% throughout each cycle which is crazy, right? Mm. Because we're having completely different experiences of the world, basically, in, during one cycle. So that's what really started it. And then um, since then, I've, I've just had this, this ability to, to just be friend with my body and to listen to it. Mm. Right. So I suppose it sounds like it's like noticing and it's instead of... Sorry, <laughs> no AC here either. So, turning on a fan. That's okay. Um, so, so, so it sounds a bit like it's about noticing and actually listening when the body's trying to send you a message like, I'm full, stop eating, I'm tired, you can rest, like all of these things instead of like 
masking it or shoving it down or whatever. It's actually about listening and honoring what that message is um, mm-hmm. trying to say mm-hmm. in quite, like you said, quite basic ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if any women are listening to this or men um, who want to learn a bit more about this and how to cultivate this kind of relationship with your body and this flow, there are two amazing books I would recommend. One is called Woman Code by Elisa B. B which I think every single woman in the world should read. And another one is called Eating in the Light of the Moon by okay. Dr. Anita Johnson. And what are they sort of generally about? Are they about like exactly what we just talked about? Exactly what we just talked about. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because in like, obviously it's not necessarily a trend, like, no, I suppose it is becoming more known, I guess, which is more like somatic practices and somatic therapy and sort of, which is all about reconnecting with your body and listening to that and using that as a form of, as a form of healing, right? And and reconnecting with, um, reconnecting with whatever that means to you. So in terms of working like with your, with your clients at this time where there's like, you know, cost of living crisis, prices are going up, the earth is seemingly on fire. <laughs> not to not to not to go into like a scaremongering place, but what's, no, that seemingly. <laughs> what's showing up for your clients? What is what? What's showing up for your clients? Like what's as funny? issues, problems, like what kind of patterns, like what's what's showing up? Yeah. Um many different things they are all unique gems that i love so much um if i were to think of something that is connecting all of them i definitely think we are reaching an era in humanity where and i think this was catalyzed by covid so I think there's a gift in everything. And one of the gifts of COVID and that whole situation is that we kind of started to revolutionize the way we think about work and career. Mm. And so this is an amazing thing because we've been operating in a really old, tired system for a really long time. And now a lot of us are waking up and thinking, hey, you know what? There's a better way of doing this. I get to actually have well-being. I have to get to actually have mental health. I get to actually have fun in my life and enjoy my life before retirement. I get to have a whole life that doesn't just revolve around work. And I also get to decide what my work is at any point in my life and not just before I go to college and that's it, right? So there is this sense of newfound freedom and kind of a wake up call. That's like, cool, what do I want now? Because I get to have it. But I think depending on what generation people are in, this looks a little bit different. So for example, I have some clients in their fifties that are nearing retirement. And in that generation, they really did have this mentality, you know, you work until retirement age and then you can travel and you can do all your other things. But before that, you need to just work. 
and put in your hours and make a salary and provide and that's that's your life right mm. and our generation isn't like that and by our generation i say millennials we are kind of in between that and the future and gen z where we were the first to really have this mentality of you know what i actually don't want to be abused at work like that's not okay I'm not going to work somewhere where I'm overworked and underpaid. I'm not going to work somewhere where people are not treating me with respect and kindness and where my health is suffering. Like that's not okay. Mm. And because we started to stand up for ourselves, the older generations had all those stereotypes of oh, millennials are entitled. They don't want to work. Da, da, da. And it's like, well, you know, look at you guys. You don't even want to retire because now you're nearing retirement age and you're afraid of losing the, the basically your identity which is work so mm. it's it's really interesting and obviously we can learn things from every generation right there are things to learn there's wisdom to be taken and there's also wisdom to be taken from the older and the younger generations as well which we may not understand yet because we think or a lot of people think that wisdom is only created on the earthly plane but wisdom can also be inherited and can be born with so mm. um i like to think that i mean i i repeat this a lot on my instagram and i, I really truly believe this is that our children are going to inherit a world that we can't even fathom mm -hmm. like they're way ahead of us you know um so i i i have some clients who are gen z and they come to me already believing that they can have whatever they want, right? And they can have a beautiful life and they can fulfill their purpose here and they can change the world and they can have freedom and flexibility while also doing amazing things for humanity. But it's their parents and the people in the older generations that are telling them they can't. And it makes me so angry because I'm like, stop projecting your inability to live out your dream onto your children and to other people because you think that you know it all. Um, that was a really long answer to your question, but um, that no, it's really it's, it's, showing up. <laughs> it's it's really really interesting, and and I mean you you did sort of nudge on something there, which is like, like yeah, Gen Z, we have no idea what kind of world they will inherit, especially like. You know, over the last year or so, artificial artificial intelligence has made some leaps and bounds, and who knows where that's going to take us. So we have no idea how that's going to revolutionize work, relationships, just life in general, right? What it, what it's going to do. I mean, again, that's a whole other podcast episode, and it's I, I find artificial intelligence um really really interesting. Um, one thing that so many of my clients because. I do readings for those of you who don't know who I am, but I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, you know who I am. But I do loads of um, like readings for people, power reading, psychic readings, clairvoyant readings. And I would say that 80% of the people that come and see me always have a question about love, you yeah. know, and, and, and understandably so. Love is a really, really important part of our life. Um, you know, love can be the best and the worst in, in so many ways. And you have finally, you know, you got your partner and it seems like you are loving each other and getting along well from all I, from all I know about you. Um, and you mentioned that 
previously you've had some tumultuous relationships and mm. I suppose like how do you approach love now do you have like do you have like five non-negotiables or like how are you how are you approaching love Ariel this is such a big question but I love it mm. so, I'm so excited to try to answer um so to make my answer really short I approach love from my spiritual practice. Mm. So that is not something that I had before in my relationships, hence why they were tumultuous, hence why they didn't work out, I think. Because I was operating from all of my trauma and my karma and my fears and my insecurities and all this stuff, right? And I didn't have I didn't have awareness of what was really going on for me and I was just extremely reactive and anything that would be perceived as going wrong in my head I would focus on that and then I would start to only see the negative but you can see how that could turn out right so that but that's something that so many of us do because we don't have awareness right um and it's something that I easily can fall into now right? Where I nitpick or worry about things. And that's when I have to remind myself, oh, okay, I'm not in my center. I need to get back to my center. I need to get back to really operating from a place of love. That's, that's the biggest lesson here. And I think it's hard for people because the ego hates it. The ego wants to be right. Um, ego could mean, you know, a part of the mind you could define it as a distrust of life and the universe um or god or whatever you want to call that um but yeah ego is the inner enemy <laughs> i would really say and love is the answer and i know that sounds so cliche but it's true um mm. anytime you have a question about love love is the answer being love embodying love acting as love is the answer and it's really freaking hard it's a simple answer but it's really hard to actually put in practice but like we talked about before it is a practice and um there's this fabulous book i read a while ago called wild mercy i see it right now so i had to look over there um and it's about the wisdom of the women mystics throughout millennia and throughout different religions and different spiritual traditions because we tend to hear mostly about the men and different spiritual traditions and the men male gurus and the male leaders of the religions and what they teach but we hardly hear from the women and this book is about a lot of women from different religions who have who have spoken and who have their teachings as well. And one of them that is really profound for me is that, you know, you can go and live in an ashram or you could go and live in a cave somewhere and devote your life to your spiritual practice and learn to levitate or whatever it is you want to do there and transcend the human experience, right? Or you could do the hard work, which is to try to be in a relationship with another human. And to have a family and raise kids, which is the real spiritual 
work is what these these women mystics have taught. So I don't think there's one right way or one wrong way. I think, you know, whatever way feels right to you is the way that you're meant to do that. But for my own spiritual purpose here on earth, which I have discovered little by little, and I'm still discovering every day, part of that is going to be through relationships and through being a mother. And that is part of the spiritual growth that I'm meant to have here is through that medium. And I think the, those of us who are drawn to being in relationship and who are longing for a partner, that is part of your spiritual growth too, because a partner is going to trigger you and it's going to show you all your shadows that you get to work on. And that's part of your spiritual growth, right? So, but you do that for each other and also for the purpose of helping each other grow and transcend as well. So it's a beautiful thing. It's also a hard thing. Um, but when you were asking me about like the four pillars, or I can't remember what your question was, um, I don't want, I mean, obviously if there's a situation where there's abuse in a relationship, being love is probably not <laughs> the answer that you need in that moment. The answer is do what you can to protect yourself and get out of there. But if you're in a relationship with a normal human being who's not abusing you, then it is the answer. And that's not to say that you have to put up with everything. Of course not. There's also, you also get to have boundaries. Um, but this is something that is kind of also a practice is what is the line here between like surrender and being love and having strong boundaries. And that's something that is unique to every single person and you just kind of have to decide for yourself like what is the experience that you want to have in relationship that's the most important question um because you can't control what another person is going to do you can only control what you choose to do so it's also that big question in life as well. It's like 50% of it is trusting in the universe, right? And the other 50% is remembering that you're also a creator. So there's this dance in a way of you have your intentions and you have your desires, which mean that you're a normal human being. And then it's about trusting and surrendering to life and surrendering to love in a way, which mm. is very hard. Mm, mm. so um like let's say you're having a thank you for sharing that really really interesting so let's say that you're having a difficult conversation with your partner how do you do that from a place of love like how do you like practically how do you have a difficult conversation with your partner from a place of love like what does that mean what does it look like yeah and that's great because it reminded me of another part of this Love isn't selfless love. That's where I think a lot of people get this wrong is they think they need to sacrifice themselves in order to be loving. And giving and receiving are the same thing. So you need to love yourself at the same time that you are acting with love. So what would be giving love to yourself and giving love to your partner in that conversation? That's the question to ask yourself. Mm, okay yeah no that's really really interesting and I think that's um 
absolutely true. You know, you talked about the the abusive partner there. You know, the the question is, in that sense, you have to love yourself enough to get out of there, right? To leave, which is also which is, leaving is also an act of love, right? Um, in in many ways. So yeah, I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of truth to that. So we haven't necessarily defined spirituality, although it's obviously a hard thing to define. Um, but what does it mean to you, Ariel, these days? Well, what I've always thought of spirituality is, mainly and broadly, is this desire to understand what is bigger than all of us right? and to connect mm. something that is bigger and beyond our experience. So whether that is the interconnectedness of all beings on earth, whether that is God, whether that is source, whether that is whatever, that to me is spirituality. But the way that I would define it even further now, I think is also this desire to end suffering, mm. your own suffering. And also then the uh, suffering of others, right? Yeah. Through ending your own suffering. Yeah, yeah. And is that something that you've discovered in meditation or is that a teacher you've studied? Like, how did you, how did you come to that philosophy? So the first one uh, was just an understanding that I just kind of have. You know, I like to use belief systems whether they're spiritual or they believe in science or religion in my coaching i think it's really helpful because we are working on changing belief systems to create the results that they want right that's what a lot of coaching mainly is so if you already have a pretty strong belief system in something then that's going to be a really great tool to help you create the life that you want right um so I use that already with my clients. And so that's kind of how I define it is, is there something that you believe in that is, you know, more big picture than your life, right? Whatever that may be. Um, and the ending my own suffering part, I kind of came up with that recently when I realized the more I delved into this and the more I could reach that state of, joy and love on a day-to-day -day basis the more my life was just I mean I would look out the window and just see brighter more vibrant colors where before I would just be like okay that's a tree right and now it's like I feel like I live in this beautiful garden of Eden right and also being the change in my own life in my own relationship in my own business and everything and seeing how amazing that can be and how much more amazing that can feel, that to me, it was like, anytime I slipped out of that and back into my own suffering, I was like, nope, nope, gotta get back to, to how great I was feeling before. No, no, no. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. So both you and I live in an urban environment, right? I live in London, you used to live in London, now you're Barcelona both bustling cities with loads of energies going on all the time and you know part of this project part of this podcast an idea is to 
share some notions around like how to retain a sense of spirituality or spiritual integrity whilst being whilst living in an urban environment like if someone was listening to this and they were like but gosh I work nine to five I travel back and forth to work an hour each way um I have a job with a horrible boss like and then you and then you ask me to hold on to some sort of spiritual integrity or like sense of like a spiritual philosophy like what would you what would you say to them well I would say what's the alternative good one yeah what is the alternative yeah what is the alternative yeah Yeah, I mean the alternative is to just remain miserable miserable right exactly yeah Yeah, what is the alternative? That is so good. I'm going to steal that, Ariel. That's really good. Anytime anybody asks you, Tor, what's the point of this? I have a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really good. That's really profound. Yeah. Yeah, what's the alternative? So I suppose then the question is, how could they, in your opinion or your experience, like, how could they bring more spirituality? Because this is something I'm really interested in is like compassionate leadership, conscious leadership, spiritual leadership, call it whatever you like, like for both like people in quote unquote middle management sort of role and obviously senior leaders and whatever, like how can they all bring more spirituality into their daily life? Like how would they do that? Well, those are all fancy words for really just saying, like, not being a dick, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's not everybody's fault. You know, I've been a dick a few times, but it comes from that place of being and feeling miserable and feeling like you have to fight life and, like, this distrust of life and this feeling like you have to fight for what you want or else you'll never get it, you know? And there's a way out of that and it's beautiful and it's so worth it and it's worth it to try it at least. And I would say step one would be this practice that we'll be talking about, which is the self-love and love for others. If you can do that as a leader, you will be a compassionate leader. You will be a benevolent leader or whatever you want to call it. That's one way, which is, I would say, like the most important way. If you want to start with baby steps before that, I would say start a meditation practice so that you can calm yourself down and you can experience what it feels like to not be run by your mind and your emotions. I don't know who said this quote, but there's a quote that is the mind is uh, the mind is an amazing servant and a terrible master. Mm, I think I've heard that, yeah. And it's true, but most 99.99% of people are just letting their minds be the master, right? And that's why they're having all these problems. So if you can start a meditation practice and, and really feel the difference, how do you feel after meditating versus how you felt before? Mm. And then hold on to that feeling for the rest of the day. Wow, your life is going to change. And then you're going to see, oh... This is how life could be. <laughs> this is how life could be. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's 
is like step one don't be a dick and practice some self-love and like step two is um start a meditation practice yeah or step one could be step two or step two could be step one whatever yeah. whatever feels like the best next step for you that's doable yeah yeah yeah, yeah precisely I, I love that notion of like yeah just don't be a dick basically I think that's I think that's a really really good place to start so you mentioned earlier that you now practice meditation for about 30 minutes a day. Like what other ways do you bring calm into your daily life? I have this beautiful park that I live next to. I like walking around there and just staring at the green, <laughs> which is important living in an urban environment for sure. You mentioned that. Um, meditation really works what else i i love visualizing as well visualizing what i want how it will feel um <clears throat> breathing deep breathing that's something that works really well for a lot of people as well um what else do i do uh, slowing down you know, not everything has to be a rush. You can make time for yourself. Uh, another thing I really love to do is on YouTube, actually, there are all these beautiful different frequencies that you can listen to. So you can literally type in YouTube and write frequency for IBS, frequency for headache, frequency for anxiety, frequency to feel more love frequency to love my body or whatever and it'll come it'll have this frequency for you and I could also do a whole podcast on this too as well because I study hypnosis as well and there are different frequencies that uh, our body and our nervous system react to in different ways when we listen to them and, and Albert Einstein talked about this as well so this isn't just hocus pocus like this is real you know stuff here and there's a certain frequency that activates a different part of your body um and that can calm the nervous system as well when you hear it so that's also a fun way to do it too is you just literally just turn on this youtube video and feel how your body just relaxes and listen mm. to that, that sound that frequency it is amazing mm. that's quickly mm. as well so yeah no, i think that the city <laughs> Yeah, I think that hypnosis has a real, has it like hypnotherapy or hypnosis in general has a real interesting, interesting power. And that's, yeah, like that's another podcast. So just to bring everything to a close, Ariel, um, where can people find you? How can people work with you? So they can find me on soldiermycoach.com or in my Instagram, soldiermycoach. Or my email address is hello at soldiermycoach.com. Uh, and all you need to do to work with me is just schedule a call with me so I can meet you and we can talk about your goals and what you really want to have in your life right now and beyond. And then if I feel that there's a fit, then we will talk about that and hopefully work together. Great. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I have thoroughly enjoyed this as always. I love that we, got to cover spirituality, love, career, loads of interesting things. And uh, I'll obviously add all of those links in the description below.
Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye.